0: James chapter 1, verse 27. Short review. We'll ask the Lord's blessing. Father, we pray that you would help us. Lord, thank you for allowing us to come and remember your your death, and your shed blood for our sins. Father, we are eternally grateful. I pray that, Lord, we would never come to the table of our Lord unprepared or unthankful or, Father, with sin unconfessed. Help us, Father. We thank you for these precious souls that are here, every single one of them. Father, I thank you for them. I pray that you would speak personally and individual to each one including myself the Lord will give you the praise in Jesus name Amen James 127 pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction if you remember that from last time it's been a couple of weeks If you remember, we first concentrated on the words before God and the Father, which is how every one of us as believers in Christ should and must live our Christian lives by faith in Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian, then you ought to be conscious that you are living your life before God and the Father, in his view, knowing that, rejoicing in that. From John 4, we looked at the fact that God commands us to worship him in spirit and in truth. And that true worshipers will worship him like that. Now here in James, James writes, if your worship is in fact that true worship, if you are truly born again by the spirit of God, It will transform your hearts and your minds. It will change you. And you will then practice. Not only will you be changed, but if you think about it, how can you be changed within? How can you be given a new heart? How can you be given a new nature and not change outwardly? You will. When God saves a sinner, God changes everything about your inner man. And so, you will practice your religion or your Christianity. Or if I could say it like this, you'll practice what you believe. It's one thing to believe the truth of the scriptures and say, yeah, that's really good stuff. It's another thing to practice it. Those who practice their Christianity, James calls doers of the word. Doers of the word. Remember, Christ said, if you call me Lord, you'll do the things that I say. Well, he said it differently, but that's basically when, in effect what he means. If you love me, keep my commandments, Jesus said, John fourteen fifteen. <clears throat> so James is teaching us what pure religion and genuine Christianity looks like. This is what it looks like in the life of the one who has it. First, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, in their distress, in their need, It's being a parent for those who have no parents. It's being a spiritual mentor. It's being a spiritual father. It's being a brother or sister who was born for adversity that you'll come along someone's side and you'll help them. It's being a friend at all times, loving at all times. It's loving the unloved, fatherless, orphans, widows. It's being there for those that have no one else. Pure religion looks like that. It's the quintessential meaning of loving your neighbor as yourself. Quintessential meaning the highest. It's what it looks like. So that was the first part of verse 27. Now James says pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To keep yourself unspotted from the world. To keep yourself unspotted from the world. Listen, as believing Christians, it is yours and my business. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility as a believer in Christ to keep yourself unspotted from the world. To keep yourself from sin and from wickedness. To keep yourself and your Christianity from becoming deluded. From becoming corrupted. To keep your Christianity from becoming accepted by the world. There are churches who actually want their Christianity to assimilate into the world so that it's not so offensive to people of the world so that they will assimilate into the church. When that happens, you don't have pure religion anymore you don't have true Christianity. You have a mongrel Christianity, one that's mixed, one that is corrupted. So we must keep ourselves from the world, from being unblemished, unspotted, unstained from it, uninfluenced from it. We must not allow the world to influence us in our minds. I'd like to know the percentage of what's coming at you. The contrasting percentage of how much of the word of God is coming at you and how much of the world is coming at you. The world comes at you through those things in those bigger square things that sit in your living room. From a whole lot of ungodly perspectives And so, beloved, you must keep yourselves from being unspotted from the world. Listen, the world wants you to rejoin. The world is looking for a big reunion with you. Wants you to be reunited. Come back, the family misses you. Jesus said, be careful because friendship with the world is enmity with God if anyone will be a friend of the world he is an enemy of God that's pretty cut and dry and so be so careful so we're to keep ourselves unspotted from the world listen each of, uh, each of us are, we're to be obedient and responsible Christians some say it's just well the Christian life is just let go and let God no that's not the Christian life that's not it at all If you would keep yourself unspotted from the world, you must keep yourself in the word. You must keep yourself being fed. You must eat the good word of God. Man shall not live by bread only, but by every word of God. When Jesus told his apostles, when he sat at the well in Samaria, they said, we brought you some food. He goes, I got food to eat that you don't know anything about. I'm thinking they, they asked him, somebody bring him something to eat? His food, his meat was to do the will of his father. Beloved, our food, the food for our souls is to eat the word. It's to live our lives by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we must keep ourselves in the world. You must keep yourself in secret prayer. You must keep yourself in good attendance to God's church, to the gathering of the saints. If you would keep yourself unspotted from the world, then you must avail yourself of every means of grace that God has provided for you. This is one of them. The word of God, your secret prayers. The writer of Hebrews said this, let us hold fast our profession or the profession of our faith without wavering. That's something that you must do. Hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised see there's this thing of sovereignty and responsibility we are to be responsible Christians but we are also to believe by faith that God is right there undergirding us because he is that's the perfect balance of our Christianity he says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You can't be provoked to keep yourself unspotted from the world if you stay at home. Some think that you can listen to church on this, and that's church. That ain't church. If you're listening to me and you have the ability to go, go. Church is not looking at a screen. Church is is gathering with the saints. And so, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That's what we're to do for each other. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And then when you're out in the world, You're responsible to keep yourself as a child of God in the good and right ways of the Lord. You're to discriminate between a bad road and a good road, a good path and one that will lead you astray. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way In me, are any of my ways wicked if they are? Lord, lead me, lead me in the way everlasting. The Lord taught us to pray, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. When you're out in the world, be careful to keep yourself from being influenced Spotted by the world. The psalm speaks again. Show me thy ways, O Lord. You're not going to know the ways of the Lord unless you're here. And here. This is where God teaches us. It's the means of grace for us. So show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Out in the world. Teach me which way I should go. What I should do. Teach me. To be guided by your grace and your word in every decision that I make. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. Problem is a lot of folks just unteachable. If you're not teachable, then you will not learn Christ. So lead me in thy truth. Teach me for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Show me your faith in Christ, James says, by keeping yourself unspotted from the world. <clears throat> this brings in that wonderful, those wonderful contrasting truths. You might say, well, I thought I was kept by the power of God. Well, you are. Jonah says salvation is of the Lord. Your salvation is all of God. It is God's business to save you, and to keep you saved. And we must believe that. This is a wonderful truth. That God will keep me. God will not fail to do that. God doesn't fail to keep all of those whom he saves. He will lose none of them for whom he suffered and died. He will not. Look at John 10. You know this, but it's good to cast your eyes on it. John ten twenty seven. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me, John Ten twenty-seven. One thing about a sheep. If you're a sheep, you're going to follow the shepherd. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And this is very, very important. I know them. And they whom I know... They follow me. That's an absolute truth about the sheep of God. Christ knows them, and they follow Christ. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man, the word man is italicized, means it's not there in the original. So you could read it neither shall any pluck them out of my Father's hand. Or my hand, rather. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And then he pounds that nail with that final powerful verse that shows us that he can fulfill that because he says, I and my Father are one, I am God. That's powerful. God will lose none of those for whom He died. Being kept by God, being kept by the power of God, and keeping ourselves communicates to us the two wonderful doctrines of the power and sovereignty of God and salvation, <clears throat> but also the fact that you must keep yourself. You must always remember as Christians, you and I live in the realm of responsibility. There are those that say that the gospel is a proclamation and you are not to compel or bid people to come to Christ. That's false. When we preach the gospel, we preach the gospel to lost sinners and we preach to their responsibility. We compel sinners, come to Christ. Now we know that they're not going to come unless God draws them. But that's the work of the Spirit of God. We are to bid them come. We are to compel them to repent of their sins. If you're lost, I compel you to come to Christ. We are to warn sinners of the wrath of God to come. And that they, by believing the gospel and turning from their sins, they will be delivered from the wrath of God delivered from the power of darkness translated into the kingdom of God's dear son we know that if God does not draw them they will not come nonetheless they are responsible to turn themselves from their sins to Christ every sinner is. we preach to their responsibility but we are also to understand the sovereignty of God in salvation or in the salvation of lost sinners The scriptures teach us that if God doesn't awaken sinners from being dead in their trespasses and sins, they are not going to awake. If God does not give them life so that they might believe the gospel, if God does not draw them to himself and give them a new heart that they might believe and be saved, they will not believe. Some might listen to that and say, well, I'll just sit here and wait for God to save me. No. Well, what if I'm not one of God's elect? What if God has not chosen me? Turn from your sins to Christ if you're lost. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. God's Sovereignty is in the mind of God, not in ours. Neither are we to choose who we would hold responsible to believe the gospel. We are not to look upon certain people and say, well, they must not be of the elect. No, that's none of our business. Our business is to preach the gospel. Acts 17.30 says, God commands all men everywhere to repent. Everyone. You say even those that ultimately won't believe it? Yes. Absolutely. We are to witness and tell people about Christ. And that he is the only savior of sinners. That's our responsibility as Christians. So what is biblically true of every Christian is... Well, turn to John 6.37. Let me just read you this. John 6.37 Just to show God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. Now this is a little bit of a rabbit trail because we're talking about keeping ourselves unspotted from the world. So we're keeping ourselves and we are to keep ourselves and there's also the aspect of God keeps us, and I'll show you that in a minute. But I thought this was a good place to insert this. Look at verse 37. Jesus speaking, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. All persons that the Father has given me shall come to me. That's in the secret mind of God. Everyone. The only ones who know that is the Father and the Son. Here's responsibility. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Come to Christ if you're lost. He said, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. I'll lose none of them, but should raise it up or raise them up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son of Man and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Listen, if you're lost, look at that and say, "Look, the scriptures say that if I believe on the Son of God, I have everlasting life." That's what the Christ that's what the sinner is to do. For someone to exclude themselves from the call of the gospel is to exclude themselves from being saved. Believe Christ to the saving of your soul. We live in the realm of responsibility. Remember that. Verse 44, we know that no man can come unto me except the Father which sent me draw him. So when we witness to someone and we tell them about Christ and we don't know if God's going to save them, those are key words, if God's going to save them. Salvation is of the Lord. We tell them about Christ. We broadcast the good seed of the word. And what do we do then? We ask God to save them. We trust God to save them, to awaken them. Because they're dead in their trespasses and sins. I don't have the power to give them life. I can't make the word effectual to them. I need God to do that. So we preach to their responsibility. We preach. We witness to them. Listen, what is biblically true of every Christian is this. You came to Christ because God opened your heart. And he opened your heart when the gospel was preached to you. Just like, look at Acts chapter 16. I love this little passage about a sister in the Lord whose heart the Lord opened. It says in 1614 of the book of Acts, and a certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us. It's very interesting. She worshiped God. She heard them. So I don't know how she was worshiping, but it says, whose heart the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of her, you see what she was doing? God opened her heart, she didn't know that was happening. All she did was she began to attend unto the things that were spoken. It was God doing His work in her life, and it says that when she was baptized, she besought us saying, "If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there." And she constrained us. So it is with you if you're in Christ when the Spirit of God awakens you and opens your heart you attended to the Lord you believed on Christ it's the unseen work of the Spirit of God that you didn't see all you know is I believed Christ and that's true you did believe Christ but don't ever take the supernatural out of salvation God saved you God saved you From your sins. Listen, the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man are like two railroad tracks. You've probably heard me say this. They never cross. And yet, if you remove one of the tracks, you know what's going to happen to the train. Train can't travel on one track, it'll derail and crash. Listen, Not only are the lost responsible before God to believe the gospel, but as a child of God now, you are responsible to continue to believe the gospel. You hear people say, yes, I believed way back in 19-whatever. And there's absolutely no evidence of Christ in their lives today, and they trust in something that's past, but they haven't continued to believe Christ. If you profess faith in Christ, you will continue to believe Christ. And you are also responsible to live by faith and obedience to Christ and his word every single day. Hence, here, keep yourself unspotted from the world. It's your responsibility and it's mine as children of God to do this. But I also know and I believe that I can now, I can do this. I have the ability from God, the strength from God. I can keep myself unspotted from the world because God by his power and his grace is always right there keeping me. Listen, your faith needs to take hold of the fact that God is keeping you. There are people that say you can lose your salvation. Well, you can if it's yours. But not the salvation that's of the Lord. Not the salvation that's of the Lord. Some might say that this might puff you up with pride. No, it does not. It humbles you to know that God continues to keep you and because of that you want to keep yourself you want to keep yourself God is always there enabling us to keep ourselves with the help of his spirit and with every means of grace that he has provided for us now let's look at a few passages and we'll be done Jude turn to Jude 20 Jude there's only one chapter but Jude chapter 1 verse 20 and i want you to see both aspects of this Because listen, you don't ever want to get wrapped up in a lopsided view of what your Christianity could be. Lopsided meaning I got to keep myself saved. You can't keep yourself saved because it ain't ain't your salvation. God has saved you. Jude, Notice verse 20. But beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, here's our part, what we are called to do, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep the love of God in view, always looking to Christ and his great love toward you, like we remembered in the first hour. You should never move away from the love of Christ. Like Paul says in Ephesians, that we might know the love of Christ that passeth knowledge, that we might know it in its height in its breath, in its depth, this wonderful love, you are to keep yourself in that love, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Why is this so important? Here's another, it's another keeping yourself. It's so important because in the last days when iniquity abounds, Jesus said, the love of many will wax cold. He's not talking about the lost. He's talking about the saved. Keep yourself. He goes on to say, and some having compassion, making a difference, others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Here's the sovereign side. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Listen, when you find it hard and you're struggling to keep yourself and you're just having a tough day, always remember that God's going to keep you. He is going to keep you. And not only that, he is going to keep you from falling. We're going to trip and fall. Though a man trip and fall, God upholds him. Psalm 37, here, he is going to present you. How can that be? Faultless. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. God says, I am going to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. That's just amazing. And so here, Jude gives us this contrasting view that doesn't fight against itself. These are complementary truths, and they are biblical. You must keep yourself in the love of God. You must keep yourself unspotted from the world. But I know that behind it all, God is keeping me. God is keeping me. 1 Peter 1 and verse 3, you know this. 1 Peter 1 and verse 3. We've read this verse often of late and there's nothing wrong with that. He talks about us being begotten. Chapter 1 verse 3. We're begotten unto a lively hope. We're born again. We have hope in the resurrection to an incorruptible and undefiled inheritance. It's reserved in heaven for you and you are kept by the power of God. You are kept by the power of God. Now here's your part. Don't miss it. You're kept by the power of God through faith. You need to lay hold on that. That's not God's faith. That's your faith. Through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You go down to verse 9 You continue to believe. Look at verse 8. Who having not seen your love. In whom though now you see him not yet believing. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And one day you're going to receive the end of your faith. Where your faith's going to end. It's going to come to an end. And that's when you are finally saved. Receiving the end of your faith. Even the salvation of your souls. Look at Philippians. I love this one. Philippians chapter 2, two verses in Philippians. Listen, I can keep myself because God is keeping me. Mm -hmm. Philippians 2.12, he says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling doesn't mean to work for your salvation it means to employ yourself in the business of your soul knowing and trusting God that he is going to do his work in you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God which worketh in you see that both sides it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. We must lay hold of that by faith. Chapter 1, verse 6, he says, being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. Second Peter 1 and verse 3. Second Peter 1 and verse 3. Peter says, according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He's given us everything we need to live this Christian life. How does it come? Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, that is by these promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature. It means God-like. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We've escaped the corruption that is in the world. And now we must keep ourselves unspotted from the world. He goes on to say, and besides this, and here's our responsibility as Christians. Giving all diligence. It means making every effort add to your faith. Virtue. And the word add's not there, but it's implied. And add to virtue, knowledge. Add to knowledge, temperance. Add to temperance, patience. Add to patience, godliness. And add to godliness, brotherly kindness, And add to brotherly kindness, charity. For these things be in you, and here's your part, and abound. That's the maturing process. That's us growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You can't have a baby and stick the baby on the side And not feed the baby. You got to feed the baby. And as Christians, when God saves one of us, that Christian will desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. Beloved, we must always be eating, being nourished by the word, adding to our faith these things. Peter writes, If these things be in you and they abound the things that Peter just talked to us about, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his own sins. It's like sitting there with a profession of faith in Christ and doing nothing. Not reading your Bible, not learning Christ, not seeking the Lord in prayer, not doing anything to nourish your soul. He goes on to say, wherefore the rather brethren Instead of that, don't do that, but give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if these things, if you do these things rather, you shall never fall. Now it sounds like you got to do this so that you'll never fall. We just read now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. If you're a Christian, you'll do these things. You'll continue to grow. No, not perfectly. Yes, we struggle. Yes, we have bad days. Yes, we have days in which we don't walk by faith. We struggle. But ultimately, beloved, if you've been born again by the Spirit of God, God's not going to lose you you will continue. You will endure unto the end. And that's why Peter goes on to say, that's why I'm not going to be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Now finally, Revelation 3 and verse 7. Revelation 3, 7 unto the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things saith he that is holy he that is true he that hath the key of David he that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth I know thy works behold I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it for thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and has not denied my name behold I will make them of the synagogue of Satan which say they are Jews and are not but do lie behold I will make them come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee because thou hast kept the word of my patience because thou hast kept the word of my patience I also will keep thee that's a promise beloved lay hold on that listen to me Remember as children of God, you are no longer of the world. You are citizens of heaven and of the kingdom of Christ. Christ prayed this way. In John chapter 17, just listen to the prayer of Christ in his high priestly prayer. He said, I have given them thy word. Now I know he's talking about his apostles specifically, but beloved, this applies to us. I have given them thy word and the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. I'm glad I'm on the other end of that prayer. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Listen, because you're a new creature in Christ... Your heart, your affections, your desires, and your will should be focused on things above, not on things beneath. Not on the world. And so John tells us, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Paul tells us, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Beloved, that happens in the Word of God. That happens when you meet with God in the Word, when God speaks to you. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. That's past. Beloved, that's not who we're to be. So pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to keep yourself unspotted from the world. That's a worthy prayer for you to get down in your secret prayer closet and ask God for the capability, for the help. Help me, Father, to not be corrupted, to not be stained, to not fall into sin. Like when I used to be of the world. Beloved, we are in the world, but not of the world. So James, in finishing, he says, Show me the purity of your Christianity, of your religion, not only by what you believe about Christ, but also by what you do for Christ and his kingdom in the world. Show me the purity of your religion and your faith in Christ by how you keep yourself unspotted from the world. I thought about this. how would I feel about all of you going to interview everyone that knows me and to ask them about my testimony and to ask them what they think about my Christianity. We ought to be able to do that. Now, I don't think people would find perfection out there with any of us But there should be a testimony of love to Christ. Yes, I think there'll be trips and falls. Yes, I think there'll be things that they could say perhaps that have happened. But I think if you offended them in some kind of way, if you've done something, or if you've become part of the world, I think that they would see that you struggled against that and you came back to Christ. Am I unspotted from the world? Or am I still in some areas of my life part of it? It's a question for each one of us. I don't want to have any part of it. But I, like you, struggle in certain areas, Jesus prayed for his apostles don't take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil that's in it. And, beloved, that's my prayer for you, for all of us today. If you're lost today, I use the words of the Apostle Peter at Pentecost. He uses this strange term, which doesn't mean what it sounds like it means. He tells them to repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That happens once, that gift. It happens at salvation. There is no second giving. But it's the other words that Peter says. He tells them, save yourselves from this untoward Crooked generation. That's not untrue. We know that after that, they were pricked in their hearts, convicted by their sins. (coughs) Actually, that was before Peter said, Repent. But they turned. And then it says, And they that gladly received the Lord were baptized and there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. God saved on the day of Pentecost what was prophesied back in the Old Testament. God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. So it's an amazing thing to see. If you're lost, save yourselves from this untoward generation. You really are saving yourself when you turn from your sins to Christ. And so, if you're lost, believe Christ to the saving of your soul. If you're saved, you're about to go out into a world that wants to influence you. Keep yourself from it. Keep yourselves unspotted from the world. Amen. Let's dismiss in prayer. Lord, help us, we pray. Oh God, visit us in our own spirits. I ask myself again, why am I here today? Father, I pray that each of us would ask ourselves that question. Why did I come today? Did I come to hear from you? Father, you've spoken to me. I know I'm far from a perfect speaker, but I know that there's much truth in the passages that were read from the scriptures that will help us if we'll take the good seed of the word and we'll make sure it's it's nice and cultivated In the good ground of our hearts. Oh God, help us to be not conformed to this world. Help us to not have our Christianity corrupted and watered down. Help us to not allow the world into our Christianity. Oh God, help us to be lights in the world and salt. Father, to those that are lost. Help us, Heavenly Father. Thank you for these precious souls. Bless each one, I pray, Father. Speak to each one. Father, bring us back tonight. Be with our dear brother Chris as he brings the word. I pray that you would help him. Prepare our hearts, Lord. Give us rest this day. And we'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.